from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Back inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, happy to be here with you. And we have our tourney time talk every conference tournament week for Syracuse. Whether Syracuse wins or loses, Syracuse alumni all throughout the week. And this week has a trio of guests inside of MonPazPopcorn.com's What's Poppin'. Dale Shackelford, you heard from, Roosevelt Bowie Jr., and now Gene Waldron. Very happy to have him here inside of the Cafe Kubal studio. So let's jump into it with Gene. Gene, I got to tell you, first and foremost, Dale thanked me today for, for the first time ever being picked before you and Rosie because he got to go first today. Oh, how about that? How kind of him. <laughs> <laughs> so Dale, Dale is one of a kind. He's the greatest guy ever. <clears throat> You know, what makes Dale the greatest? I mean, I, I agree with you, but what what is it about Dale Shackelford that makes him special? Well, I think he <clears throat> he puts others first. He's always always looking to put other people before himself. He's always looking to help everyone, and I think that's a, a great quality that he has. Uh, he, he will always find a way to help you out. You know, you don't find a lot of people who are like that. Uh, he will go out his way to help you, no matter what the what the cause is or, or what the the problem is. He he will always look to help, and and, and, and you know that's a that's a great quality to have. That coming from Gene Waldron this morning, Gene. If you say nice things about Dale, you got to say something about Rosie. What can you tell me about Rosie? He's tall. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, all right, there you go. He is tall. All right. And so, you know, to, uh, to have that, to, to have, you know, the connection, obviously, throughout history to Syracuse Orange, you know, men's basketball, and, and to, to have that peace and that brotherhood, what is it about Syracuse that, you know, you over the years have appreciated the most? I know you and I have talked about how Coach Bayheim was there for you on and off the court and uh, through a lot of struggles and adversity in your life. And, and I know, you know, what's, what some of these guys mean to you. We've spoken about Pearl. Obviously, you and Sonny were there to honor Pearl and whatnot. So, you know, what can you say about what Syracuse has meant over the years as far as the program and the connection to Coach Bayheim as well as to the Brotherhood? Well, I think the connection is that there's always uh, togetherness about us. I mean, we're always pulling for one each one another we always try to look after one another we always care about one another we always want to know what uh each other is doing um and and you know and i think that stems from how coach Bayheim always cared about us you know a lot of people look at him and say oh you know he yells he screams at you he gets in your face and all that and that's because he cares and that carried over to his plays i mean this i don't think I, i'm not gonna say i don't think a lot of schools aren't like sir I mean, you could go around the country, and, and when you mention Syracuse, it, it, people just go, oh, my, that, it's just an amazing place. The community is great. Um, so from that from that standpoint, I think you just have to say to yourself, you know, for me, I have to say, you know, I was happy that I, I played at Syracuse, a student athlete as well. 
what's the words to the team as they get set for the ACC tournament and they know that there's some work to do to get into the NCAA tournament? What is your words to them as they are also a part of this brotherhood and they are the ones on the court right now trying to build this chapter? What would you say to the team right now? Well, I think the one thing I would say is uh, the season starts today. I mean, everything that you did in the past is over with. Um, what you also have to build on the good that you did during the season. You know, don't look back on some of the off games and some of the things that went on badly during the season because you can't bring that back. But you can bring some of the good things that you've done into today and, and, and moving forward. Um, I think it was unfortunate that they had to go through a, a lot of things, just like a lot of teams in the country in terms of missing games, missing practice, uh, plays getting sick, uh, other plays on other teams getting sick. So, I mean, you really couldn't really get into a, a really great flow. And I think Coach Beheim and his staff did about as good as a job that you can do in terms of preparing the plays to play certain games. But it had to be difficult so all i would say to them is that play hard and give your all for 40 minutes and that's all you could do win lose or draw give your all you know but a lot of people look at it so when they're not playing well they're going oh this person's that bad that person no these guys don't go you name you can't find any athlete that goes out to do bad or to play bad or to have a bad performance there's no play in the country that wants to do that it happens and it's and it's just sports so i would just say to them 40 minutes give it give give it everything you got but it's going to be a tough task because you know it's tough to beat a team three times in a row yeah you know and that's what i was going to get to is what are your thoughts on that i mean you've played the game of basketball obviously so you know what it's like to go up against opponent multiple times what can you say about playing a team three times in a season? Syracuse is best of them both times, but here's round three. The first one was at, you know, they, they were at their house, they were at Syracuse's house, and now they're at a neutral court in the Greensboro Coliseum. So what can you say about playing a team three times? Well, I think you take um, what you did in the first two games and, and bring it to the third game. And bring it even more because you know that that team's going to be even more prepared because they lost to you twice. So they have to just be focused on the test that's at hand and, and stay focused and just be ready to do what they've done the last two games, but even better because they're going to, the other team's going to be ready. They're going to be more ready because they don't want to lose three times. Yeah. So, and it's a one and done, you know, and then it, Syracuse has an opportunity, I hope, that if they can win one or two games, that possibly they can get into the tournament. And I'm hoping that's their, their thought process, that, you know, we get this win, maybe we can get one more, and maybe we can get in. So, you know, they, they, they just got to be ready to play. I mean, at, at the end of the day, they got to be ready to play. If they're not ready to play, then it, it's, a, it's a done deal. Speaking here with Gene Waldron, Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball alum here on the show today gene for you you talked about what you think they need i'm going into i went into this tournament saying they needed two that they had to have two wins that defeating clemson who's above them in the acc and defeating north carolina back to back that's good and north carolina defeating duke even though duke hasn't had their normal type of season 
for namesake and what that looks like. The committee likes that stuff, and Syracuse beat North Carolina, who blew out Duke. So when we see those wins and, and them coming most recent, that's a good thing. When we see that Syracuse has gotten to 15 wins overall, that's also a good thing. Not having double-digit losses is a good thing. Having almost 10 wins in the ACC is a good thing in a unique year. But I think they need two, which means they would have to defeat NC State for a third time, and they would have to defeat Virginia, who is a team that's lost to the San Francisco Dons this year. They've gotten blown out this year, but then they've also handled business. Do you think Syracuse needs two? Do they need more than two? Do they need one? In your opinion, what do they need to show the committee enough? I think they need to have a, a, a really, really good performance tonight and win. They, I mean, today. I think they have to win today, and it has to be convincing. Or if not convincing, that you know they grind it out and, and, and show some fight and, and they get the win. Um, and then if they have to, and then Virginia, you have to have a great showing against Virginia, win or lose. I mean, because Virginia's a, a, a great team, and they got a great point guard who knows how to, to contribute, to get that ball to everybody in great places. So I think if we win today, and then we get up against Virginia and, and, and have a great showing, you know, anything's possible. But, you know, I'm not a big fan of the people who make the brackets. You know, I'm biased. I'm a Syracuse alum. We're in. I don't care. We got no wins. Put us in there because when we play against teams who haven't seen that amazing zone, they struggle against that. And and that's the thing uh, about us. If we get into the, uh, the the NCAA, we'll go up against teams that haven't seen that zone. And if they play properly, we give teams a lot of trouble. Yeah, you know, and I think I mean you brought up the fact that Syracuse is. I mean, they're different in the postseason. You know, they. They seemingly wake up in the post. It's kind of like how my mom would say to me when I was in school. She's like, you know, I wish you didn't wait until the last minute, but you're you're good under pressure. You know, and Syracuse is good under pressure. They could they could go into the ACC tournament. You know, they, I mean, they could go into any like four and thirteen and be pushing. But you know, the ACC tournament's been a thorn in their side because they haven't won a lot since joining the ACC. They did more in the Big East tournament, but. They got to make a push. They got to make a run. Like I said, I think they need two in the ACC tournament. But as I mean, as the field looks itself, how strange is it for you to see North Carolina as a six? Duke had to play in the first round. You know, at Florida State has now risen to second in the conference. Clemson and Georgia Tech are in the top five. How strange does this year look to you? inside of the ACC, and what does it say to you about where the conference is heading? Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the virus. You know, for me, I think, you know, the virus put a lot of teams in a, in a pickle, in a different situation that they had to do certain things. And then, you know, players got sick, players got hurt, uh, players had to sit out. Um, but I also, I also believe that, you know, there's always going to come a time when the teams that were the powerhouses in the ACC, there's going to be a time where the teams that are at the bottom are going to rise up to the top a little bit. And I think that's what happened this year. Um, I think some teams uh, just, they, they just struggled, you know, and I think, you know, 100% that had to do with the virus. When you see, you know, going through this year and, and speaking on, you know, everything that happened with the pandemic, what can you say about the fact that we're just here? You know, the fact that you and I are even talking about an ACC tournament when last year it got shut down two days in. Syracuse played the last game 
against North Carolina and got that win, by the way. But, you know, what is what is this year kind of taught you? And what do you think about the fact that we're standing here today knowing that we have the hopes of an NCAA tournament, which we didn't have last year, and we have this opportunity to play in the conference tournaments again. Did you think we were going to get back here and, and kind of what this year taught you? Well, I think, you know, I, I think we, we had to prepare and do what was best for each team and do what's best for each other to make sure that we could survive and get through this pandemic. Well, we're not through it, but, you know, survive to keep keep going with our daily lives um and i think that just shows the strength of america you know you have to you have to find a way to survive and and, and keep pushing on and, and and do what's right for you your family for the your, your bath team did have to do what's best for them on um, to stay healthy as, be, as best as possible but it's had to be a struggle you know i i would you know i i can't even imagine what it's like for kids who really love their craft and their sport to have to go through what they have been through yeah. this year with the with the pandemic and it had it had to be tough i mean you look at um th- these games and you know when a player comes out of the game after maybe making a mistake or missing a couple of shots and he's got to go sit by himself it's not like you go sit with the rest of your teammates like uh, like it's been you got to go sit by yourself and, and you know sometimes nobody comes over to say to you hey, don't worry about it you'll be all right you know get your head back in the game you'll make the next shot don't worry about the turnover you you got to go sit by yourself and, and and be left to your own devices which sometimes is not good when you know you're having a bad game not bad game when things aren't going right for you you know so it's got to be tough on these young kids and you got to remember these are kids they're kids yeah you know and and you bring up a great point because people forget all the time that these are kids that they are teenagers that some of them leave college as teenagers as 19 year old kids so 20 year old kids 21 year old kids so people forget that they they act like these these players are so you know that they've they're like grizzled veterans that have been around this for forty years and that's not the case you know and and armchair people you know say what they want to say and as a broadcaster I try to always look at all the angles because I know the players that's why I have a different sense of Barama Sidibe than probably a lot of people because I've sat with him at his locker and I've spent time with him. And I listen to him and I watch him and I don't just, you know, automatically say, oh, he's not averaging a double-double. He's not a good center. I don't see that. So, you know, Marek Dolajai, I was talking about him when he was a freshman. Everybody's talking about him now. And I'm happy everybody joined my party. But it was just Marek and I with, you know, wearing those birthday hats and, and the kazoos back when he was a freshman. And, you know, now everybody wants to come to the party. And Marek and I, you know, I would tell him, be like, hey, man, like, let's go do something you and I. And then they can come afterwards. But how about we go to Vegas and then, you know, they can go to, I don't know, the Poconos. Not, no, no disrespect to the Poconos, but you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's, it's just one of those things where I feel like people don't always take the time to take the time to appreciate. And Marek's been working his butt off this whole time. Barama's been playing with an injured leg or legs his entire collegiate career. And I don't think that people really spend the time to take a look at the fact that Barama could have hung it up a long time ago because of pain. 
And Marek Dolajai, he was doing stuff that didn't show up in the stat sheet like the day he stepped on campus. He does it. He does it every game, and here's a guy that gives it his, gives a hundred percent every game and playing out of position. You put him. You get the. You put him in another situation where he's playing his right position. I mean, because really he could play a three or a two because he could put it to the floor, and he's he he he's got a little nice outside shot, and he could go to the and get to the basket so for him to be playing a five at his size or four at his size you know you have to give a lot of respect and and and, and kudos to him for going out there and just giving this all to the team because for me he's playing out of position but he's playing the position yeah you know and that's the thing like i've told people before arguably he i mean before kadari came onto the team i'm looking at him going he's got the best vision on the team He's got great dribbling, you know, great dribbling skills, takes good shots. His shot has gotten better. I mean, this man has played arguably at times because of his fundamentals. He's played all five positions. So, you know, I mean, he's given his his body up tons of times, poor guy. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, and I think he's definitely got a professional career. And I think people that knock the overseas, they don't get it. I mean, you can say so many SU players can speak to it, but I think Marek is going to have a long professional career, and I can't wait to see where he ends up. Absolutely, I, I mean, my my wife's that's our that's our favorite player. That's our favorite player. I mean, he goes out there, he just gives it at all his all, you know, and he doesn't always get it right. But you know what? He'd be the first one to raise his hand, the first one to say, "Okay, yeah, I made a mistake." But he keeps it moving. He gets after it every game, you know. You don't find the, you know, and. The thing that you would hope for is that everybody on 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 the team could be that way. Could you imagine how good a team could be if everybody followed his example in the way that he plays? Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, if everybody had the work ethic, if everybody had the determination, if everybody you know learned all five positions, Syracuse would be unbeatable. You know, I mean, it's just something about him and what he does and how he does it that you just hope that people like rub up against his shoulder and that some of it comes off on them and they get it too. But uh, before I let you go, Gene, I asked, I asked Dale about this and we spoke about Kadari. I spoke with Rosie about Jesse. You have the luxury of talking about both. I've seen it in more than one game that when Jesse Edwards and Kadari Richmond are in the game together, there's positives that happen and things that just seem to get better. How important are Jesse Edwards and Kadari Richmond in the postseason? Well, I think they're going to be very important. And if they, if Coach gets the opportunity to play Edwards more so, because uh, Kadari's going to play, but Edwards, I think, for me, I think if he could have got some more minutes early on in the season, he'd be more prepared than what he is right now. Because you look at it, he had one game where he was, he was really good, and then the, then the next game he, he wasn't – he wasn't very good, but I, I, I think that um, when he's in the game, he makes a difference. I mean, he's a big he's a big person. He, he goes after rebounds. He looks to try to block shots. I think he can be a big difference in terms of uh, what Syracuse is going to do if they get past uh, the team today. But he's he's huge. I mean, he, he's really huge. And I just you know wish that he could have got a little bit more minutes early on in the season. But I think he's I think he's ready for the occasion. Um, 
and we're going to need him, you know. And Kadari, I mean, you just give him the ball and get out of his way. Because he <laughs> can dance all day to the basket. Give him the ball. Sometimes when it's on the line, and just get out of his way. Because either he's going to get to the basket or he's going to make that really good pass. Yeah, you know, and, and that's for... What I, that's, what I, that's what I like about him. Because when I see him... And they clear it out. I'm like, Shh. I was like, damn, that was me back in the day. I'll give me the ball, get out of my way. Coach Payne was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Jay. Give it to Leo, give it to Tony, give it to Eric. And I was like, okay, coach. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, and I was just going to ask you that, is, you know, do, does Kadari remind you of your play? Well, he's a New York, he's a New York City kid. You know, in New York City kids, they got that swag where they're going to they get to the basket. They might not have the best jump shot, but they could shake and bake you and get to the basket and even make that shot or give a good pass. That's New York City-style play. And coming from Gene Waldron, and I love it. And I love watching Kadari play, and that man has the wherewithal to know when to get that contact. When he gets a shot up, he's going 99.9% of the time when he knows that he's going after that shot, whether he makes it or not, he is going to get himself fouled. He is extremely smart with that. Extremely smart. So, And with that being said, the dogs agree at Gene's house. We're talking about Kadari. What? Go ahead. Well, their mama just left out of town on business, so they're barking every two seconds she's coming home. I was like, she ain't coming home until tomorrow. <laughs> I so. said, you, you guys are stuck with me. <laughs> Yeah, they got they got you screaming at the TV for for games all day on the ACC network. So, with that being said, Gina, I want to thank you as always for having you here. Thank you, you know, for everything and in our friendship and our connection more than this. And I look forward to talking with you soon. All right, bud. Take care. <laughs>